Hello, and welcome to the Carl Road Baptist Church podcast. Be sure to listen all the way through to the end of the episode for additional info on where to find more resources for past sermons, as well as how to watch us live each Sunday if you can't join us in person at our Columbus, Ohio location. Let's prepare to hear this week's sermon and listen for what God is saying to you and what he wants to do in your life. Oh, good morning. It's been about four years since my wife Valerie and I were here. Uh, I was just talking with a, with a couple. We had two when we visited last time, and we have four now. Uh, and Valerie is due in July, so we have one on the way. Uh, so that's exciting. We're excited to be back here at Carl Road. You know, uh, we are uh, part of your uh, global ministry. We're an extension of Carl Road, what we're doing in East Malaysia. And so what you're hearing about here is an extension of the ministry of Carl Road as, as partners with us in this ministry. And we're going to tell you about that ministry uh, in a little bit. I'm going to preach the word first, though, because we're not here just to be missionary entertainment, right? Because each and every one of us is a missionary. Each and every one of us has been called by God. What Val and I are doing is one aspect of the body uh, in Malaysia, but, but the Lord has called each and every one of us to certain places and certain times and equipped us with certain skills. And so uh, I'm going to bring a message this morning uh, from 1 Peter, uh, challenging us, hopefully, encouraging us uh, where needed to, to look into, into who we are in Christ and to live a life that really praises Jesus Christ. Uh, Valerie and I, were, I'm sorry to, to miss out on, on Pastor Rick this morning and Amy. Uh, we actually were on a water project together 12 years ago in Thailand. I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, but that's when I first met Pastor Rick and, and first met Amy. And so we've got kind of an extended relationship with Carl Road through that, uh, through knowing them for some years. Uh, but really, really glad to get to be here this morning. And Valerie will join me after, the, after I preach uh, to tell you uh, a little bit about what we're up to in Malaysia. Let's turn to the text first, though. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. I'll also have it here on the screen if you need that. And we're going to focus on this idea of living a life that praises Christ. Text says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into spiritual houses to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who belong... This stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble on a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined to do. But you, you, hear this, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you not uh, sorry who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light once you were not a people but now you are the people of god once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy dear friends i urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul 
live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the gift that it is to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for coming in the flesh and dying on a cross and rising again that we may be with you. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that you have equipped us with and entrusted us with and blessed us with, Lord, that we may know you more, that we may be able to know your will, and that we may be able to be changed into a reflection of you, Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that as we turn to your holy word this morning, Father, and as we seek to hear from you, that you would speak. We invite your presence to speak, God. Speak to us. Please, Lord. Lord, leave us changed. Help us to commune with you this morning, to hear your word, and to reflect you further as a result of it. And it's in your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So we're looking at this idea of living a life that praises Christ. Now I'm a three-point preacher, so it's going to be simple. Hopefully it'll be something that'll be easy to remember. First point is we're going to stop settling for sin. And that's what the text tells us. This is just the movements of the text that we just looked at, these 12 verses. Stop settling for sin. Rest realizing the reality of who we are in Jesus Christ. The reality of who he is and the reality of who we are because of him. So we're going to stop settling for sin. We're going to rest realizing reality. And then we're going to live lives that cause others to praise Jesus Christ. To live praise-inducing lives. So stop settling for sin. Repeat that with me. Stop settling for sin. All right, we can do better with the second point. Here we go. Rest realizing reality. And live praise-inducing lives. All right, let's go for it. Look at what the text tells us. It tells us, therefore, get rid of all this stuff. Rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Here it is, verse 3. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Who here has tasted that the Lord is good? If you've tasted that the Lord is good, then we need to stop settling for hot garbage. What am I talking about? I consider to be hot garbage anything that you have to eat from the time you get it at the drive through window to the time you get it home, because if it gets cold, it's not any good. Anybody ever had cold, soggy french fries? Anybody special order cold, soggy french fries? No, they're disgusting if they're like that. Now, you got to eat them while they're hot, while they're fresh. That could be a sign that perhaps they're not that good for you. Now, I'm from Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I know it's made its way up here, and I'm just so happy for it. For you guys, Skyline Chili. Ooh, I love Skyline. It's in my blood. When I'm in Cincinnati, I like to have it just about every couple weeks. But I tell you what, you ever tried to reheat a cheese coney? That is rough. Eating one of those cold, not so good. But you know, we have this idea with fast food that, hey, it's going to, I'm tired. I don't feel like cooking. I'm on my way home. I'm going to pick up something quick, and it's going to satisfy me. It is going to meet my needs. And then, and then reality hits, <laughs> and you pick it up at the window, and the picture of the sliders isn't what you actually have. When you stop by, it looks like they've been microwaved for about eight minutes, right? Or even Subway, which is supposed to be the healthy option, right? It's always presented in one way, and then you get the reality, can I have some extra mayo with that, right? I mean, come on. 
It's not very healthy for you. And it doesn't look like what it was supposed to look like. See, you had this idea in your mind, oh, this is going to be great. Even Big Macs. Even Big Macs. I know I'm picking on Big Macs. Two for six. How could you not? (laughs) You ever have a Big Mac with a big thumbprint in it? I mean, somebody just gripped that as they put it in the box. What's better than one Big Mac? Two Big Macs. But you have the Big Mac, and, and, and if you lived, I know there was a documentary on this years ago, right? If you lived on Big Macs for a month, and you went in and he saw your doctor, what do you think the doctor would say? Right? You're healthy as a horse. What's your, what's your secret? The special sauce. No. <laughs> Doctor's going to say, you're going to die, because you've been living on Big Macs. You've got to stop. Your cholesterol's through the roof, Right? We have this idea that it's going to satisfy us. We have this idea that it's going to meet our needs. We have this picture in our mind of what it's going to be like. But it's never like that. Sin is the same way. Sin is the same way. You have this, you have this desire and you think, oh, God's been holding out on me. Now, you might not think that directly, right? Right? but that's kind of how we treat the Lord. He's been holding out on us, and this is going to fulfill me. This is going to meet my needs. And it's going to, it presents itself in a way that appears to be satisfying. What does the Bible tell us about sin? The wages of sin is death. It's the only thing that sin can bring is death. But we look at it and we think it's life-giving. We look at it and we think, man, that's going to satisfy my hunger. That's going to meet me exactly where I need it to meet me. And it never, ever, ever does. So we got to get rid of that garbage in our lives. And that's between you and the Lord, what that garbage looks like. Each one of us has got it. We're not perfect. But if we're habitually continuing in patterns of sin, we need to break from those. In the name of Jesus, we got to break from those. Because our Lord takes sin very seriously. How how, How serious does our Lord take sin? Serious enough to come and die for it. Die because of it. So that we could be saved. So we've got to stop settling for it. You know, and the problem isn't, the problem isn't that we have these desires. The problem is where we're locating them. You know, C.S. Lewis has this great quote. He says, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slump because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. And so if we have tasted that the Lord is good, then we need to go after that. We need to realize that Jesus has created us and he is the only thing that can satisfy. We need to get away from those sins. We've got to take them more seriously. And instead, with those desires that God has given us, they're God-given desires. We're misplacing them, right? We're, we're, we're not allocating them, we're locating them correctly. We just need to realize what we actually should be craving. And the Word of God tells us to crave pure spiritual milk. Now, Micah, our 14-month-old, this is not him. <laughs> but you know, for the last four months of last year, we were traveling around, visited partners. We care about seeing our partners face-to-face. It's great that you guys are in Columbus, and we're, we're based out of Hamilton, Ohio. <laughs> it's a super close drive. But we were in 35 different states the last four months of last year. 
in a van with four children. Pray for us. <laughs> and I tell you what, when Micah got hungry, he didn't sit in his car seat and say, oh, mom, when you get a chance, could I have some milk? I'm, I'm a bit peckish. I'm a bit hungry. I'm feeling that right now. No, that's not how babies <laughs> communicate, is it? They scream. It's intense. And if you've ever been stuck on a plane with one or on a bus or in a car or just in the nursery with one, you know when that baby is hungry. You know when that baby wants his mother or her mother. It's intense. It's an intense craving. The Word of God is telling us we've got to crave the Lord like babies crave their mother. We've got to have that same desire. We've got those desires. We're just putting them in the wrong things. And we've got to take them. We've got to put them towards Jesus. And if we're going to do that, we need to realize more and more who he is. So we've got to stop settling for sin, get rid of the hot garbage, and realize reality. Rest realizing reality. You see, Jesus Christ, he is the living stone. What does the word of God tell us right there in 1 Peter? We also are living stones. You see, as Christ is the living stone, we are living stones. We are connected with him. We find our identity in him. As Jesus Christ is chosen by God, guess what? You, as an individual, are chosen by God. Look what the text says. You are a chosen people. And in verse 10, you are the people of God. You have been chosen by God. Have you ever tried out for something? Choir, drama, some sort of sports team. I know in high school, this isn't, I'm sure this isn't the way they do it now, right? But in high school, trying out for baseball or basketball, football, they'd take anybody. They just wanted bodies. <laughs> but, but baseball or basketball, you'd try out for a week. And you'd go over at the end of the week and you'd see the list on the coach's office. Did I make the cut? Did I make the team? Has the, has the, has the coach recognized my talents? The word of God tells you that you are chosen by God. Not only does God recognize your value, he's actually bestowed value upon you. What is more valuable than the blood of Jesus Christ? You got anything? There's nothing more valuable than the blood of Jesus Christ. And what has he done with that? He has bought you with it. He has paid his blood for you. That gives us an immeasurable, you can't, can't, immeasurable value. That's how much God values us. You have been chosen by God so much so that he shed his very blood for you. Do you believe that? Do you see who you are in Jesus Christ? Not only are you chosen by him, you're precious to him. Look at that in verse verse 7. Stone is precious. Christ is precious. Verse 9, you are God's special possession. Who here has the best children? or the best grandchildren, or the best pets in the world. Come on, let's be honest. I know some of you got those bumper stickers, right? The things that are dear to us, they become precious. The things we love, they're precious to us. There are special, there are special little ones or some, some special possession you might have. The God of the universe is calling you his special possession. You are more dear to him than anything you hold dear. Think about that. Realize that, because Satan will tell you that you're not. Renounce that. There's no condemnation for we who are in Christ Jesus. 
Christ has shed his blood for you. You are chosen by him, you are precious to him, and he has called you a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood. What is the text talking about there? Exodus 19.5, the Israelites were called a kingdom of priests. You see, the blessings that Abraham was promised were supposed to come through them to the world. They failed at that, as any one of us would. But the word of God tells us Jesus Christ is the true offspring of Abraham. He's the one through whom all the blessings of God come. And we, as his people, as his followers, who claim as as our Lord and Savior, he has entrusted us to be his priesthood. That means the blessings of God are coming through you to the world and coming through me. That's an intense responsibility. Thankfully, Christ has not left us shorthanded. He's given us his Holy Spirit so that that can be happening, that can be made possible. But it requires some intentionality. We gotta get rid of that hot garbage. We gotta realize who we are in him, that you are a special possession and his holy priesthood. But why has he given us these things? Well, look what the text tells us. Right here, verse nine. But you are a chosen people, there it is, royal priesthood, blessings of God are coming through us, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you, so that, this, this is the why, he's answering it, that you may proclaim, that's in the Greek, publicly declare the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So that makes sense. He's entrusted us to publicly proclaim who he is because of who he has made us to be and who, is he, who he is continually creating us to be, that we are being furthered more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. The Second Corinthians 3.18 tells us, But look at verse 12. That doesn't make a lot of sense. (laughs) Look at what's going on in verse 12. Nine's logical. And 12, it's not logical by our standards. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see. The pagans, the pagans, people who say the way you're living is wrong. They may see your good deeds. And what's going to happen? Well, they're going to accuse you of wrong. But in the end, what are they going to do? They're going to see your good deeds and they're going to glorify God. Because of your life, because of what you're doing, led by the Spirit of God, others are going to see Jesus Christ in you, and they are going to praise God. You know, Val and I, so Val's Australian, and and we got married in Cincinnati, but we were having a, a wedding celebration in Australia. And we were in seminary, and when you're in seminary, you don't have time and you don't have money. You're just broke. <laughs> and it was cheaper to fly to New Zealand and then fly to Australia than it was to fly directly to Australia. So guess where we had our honeymoon? Had our honeymoon in New Zealand. And as we were in New Zealand, we, we went and visited this cave. And, and at the bottom of this cave, there was this river. It's pitch black. And you got in this boat, and they pulled, pulled you along on a rope so you couldn't hear anything. And it's pitch black. And the only thing that you could see... Can we play that video? were these millions of glowworms on the roof of the cave. It's like a thousand different constellations. I mean, you're just looking up at it and you're like, this is amazing. Praise God. Praise God. That is beautiful. It's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my life. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's just worms on a rock. (laughs) It's just worms on a rock and they're causing people to praise God. Have you ever felt like a worm on a rock? Maybe you feel like a worm on a rock right now, right? How can God use me? 
What is my point? Why am I significant? But when those glow worms, when they're doing what they were created to do, it causes people to praise Jesus Christ. It causes people to praise God. How much more, <laughs> right? How much more us than glowworms, right? With, with the light of Christ living within us, people are gonna see the light of Jesus Christ in you, whether you feel like a worm on a rock or not, and they're gonna praise the Lord because of you as we seek to live this text out, to live out the gospel. Now, Val and I are gonna share just a little bit about how we're trying to live this out in Malaysia. But what we are doing, not only is it an extension of Carl Rowe, but it's just a part of the body. Each and every one of us, where God has called us, has called, he's called us to live lives that praise him. And so as you hear this, as you hear our story in Malaysia, I want you to think about how this is just a part of what God's doing, and he's doing it through you and me. He's doing it through you as well. So I'm going to invite Val up. We're the Osterbrock. Say that with me. Osterbrock. I would argue that that rolls off the tongue. But we live in Katakina Balu. Can you speak, say that with me? Katakina Balu. We've got some brave folks. That was good. Not everybody was as brave. The locals call that KK for short. That's a lot easier to say. So instead of saying we're the Osterbrocks in Katakina Balu, we usually just say we're, we're OKK. That's a lot easier to say. <laughs> so we, have, we saw you, I think, four years ago before we mm -hmm. left. And when we left you, we actually did not go straight to KK. We went to Indonesia, which is uh, very close to KK. And we left you with two children, Theophilus and Anastasia. Uh, and if you see that, that family picture, we now have four. So Theophilus is six and a half, Anastasia's four and a half, Azariah, who's over here, a little Indonesia, born in Indonesia baby. He's two and a half, and Micah is one. Micah is in the nursery right now. Um, and so we uh, are, are... And I already told him you have one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And You're then there's a baby on the way due in July. So when we left, we went to Indonesia. And the reason why we did that was to study language. Um, we were told before we left, and this is very true, that in Malaysia, in the capital cities, so like KK is the capital city of the state that we're in, everybody speaks English. And so we would not have been immersed in Malay at all. Whereas when we went to Indonesia to study, and Aaron will show, can you, do you have a little laser to show them? That's why we studied Indonesian. Indonesian and Malay are about 75% similar, uh, and it was an immersion experience. Even to buy eggs, we had to know Indonesian. It was wonderful. So we studied uh, language full-time for 10 months, uh, and we started off together, and then we split up, and we each had a language helper. It was a really wonderful way to get to learn Indonesian, um, and we have since been able to adapt that to Malay in Malaysia pretty easily, actually. Um, and so that's been, that was a really great uh, time. There were a few things you may have heard. Um, Aaron got sick. Thank uh, you for was, your prayers. I'm back to 100% health now. Yeah, I think many of you prayed for him. And he was sick for six months. You know, it was, and he had 20, 27 pills a day for a long time. But he, he got better. Um, and we learned Indonesian. And then in, oh, Azariah was born. That was another big thing that happened in Indonesia. And we moved to KK. And that arrow shows you where KK is. So it kind of splits the difference if you're trying to figure out where on the map we are. You look at Australia, look at China, look right in the middle, mm -hmm. right? It basically splits the difference and there's Malaysia. So Southeast Asia is the region we're in. It's a tropical area, so it's hot and humid all year round. We are in East Malaysia. Malaysia actually is split into two. It's very interesting um, to have a country that's, that's in two halves. So you've got West Malaysia or Peninsula Malaysia, and then you've got East Malaysia, which actually shares an island with part of Indonesia and the country of Brunei, right? And the reason for this is when the British left, they said, 
you guys are going to be part of Malaysia, even though you're on the same island as these other places. And so East and West Malaysia came to, to be there. One country, it's a Muslim country. Uh, Malaysia is a Muslim country, but there is uh, a little bit of freedom of religion uh, allowed in East Malaysia, a little more than in West Malaysia. And the reason for that is because they're very different demographically. So where we are in East Malaysia, there is about a 30% Christian minority um, and many of our students actually come from these 12 indigenous tribes that live, that are native to East Malaysia. Um, and many of our students come from deep in the jungle. That's where they come in, and they come into to KK for theological education, for studies, uh, and we get to teach them. That's the reason why we had to learn Malay. Um, if we were in the capital city just teaching people who lived there, they'd all speak English. But our students come in from places where I mean, they're in the middle of the jungle. You don't even get mail where many of our students come from. It's really been an incredible experience to be able to teach these, these students. Um, and STS, the school that we're at, um, I think there's a video coming up of it. And Aaron's going to tell you a bit more yeah. about, about Sabah Theological Seminary, where we teach. Yeah. So STS actually uh, has a historical relationship. Can we, can we play that video, please? Uh, with, with American Baptists. Gom and Alice Shea were two of the original six full-time staff at the school, and they were American Baptists. Uh, global servants, as we're called. And you can see from the video, you can see some of our students, Val mentioned, they're from, generally, they're from about 12 indigenous tribes. Those, those students come and learn in Malay. We do have students who, are, who speak Chinese. Uh, there are three different language programs at the school. You can learn in Malay, you can learn in Chinese, or you can learn in English. Valerie and I currently teach an English track. We have each taught courses in Malay as well. Uh, and the students can be trained. They have certificate, uh, diploma, bachelor's, master's, even doctoral programs. So whatever level they come in at, they help them get to the next level in theological education. Yeah, so the thing, so that's, that's the campus. Uh, that's what it looks like. We're up on a hill. It's very green, very verdant. You can actually see our apartment. Uh, it's right on campus, which is very convenient because Aaron teaches full-time. I teach part-time. We homeschool the kids um, and just look after them in life in general. But it's very good to be on campus because I can just walk to my classes. I, I've been teaching about one and a half classes a semester. So that's been really good. It's been a great balance. That's our office there. When we shipped everything over, we had boxes of books. <laughs> we had many, many books. I think everybody thought, wow, they've, they've shipped all these books, you know, but it's great. Yeah. So we've got a library there. That's some of our students uh, dressed in their traditional gear. They don't wear this um, every day. That's just for a special occasion. They usually wear, you know, jeans and t-shirts, but that's what they look like when they're all dressed up for festive occasions. And, and their clothing is reflective of one of the tribes that they come from. There are 12 indigenous tribes, like we mentioned. And, and as Valerie said, there's, there's freedom of religion there. There's about 30% Christians in our area. I hope that he's... All right, so uh, <clears throat> there, there are, in Malaysia, you have, like your driver's license carried around everywhere, right? They have identification cards, and on your identification card, it lists your religion. And so if you're listed as a Muslim, or if Islam is your religion, it's illegal for you to convert away from that. And so the school can't accept any students who have uh, Islam as their religion on their identification card, or the school would be shut down. And so, uh, so you have freedom of religion unless you already are registered as a Muslim and then you're not allowed to come away from that. And so that's just one of the, the challenges for our area, uh, but we're, we're happy to serve uh, at this school and to be able to equip uh, these young men and young women uh, with, with a greater knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, when, when we focus, what we focus on in every single class, every single class is knowledge for the sake of relationship. Knowledge for the sake of knowledge, we're spinning our wheels. We're wasting our time. Knowledge for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ at a greater, more intimate level. 
and understanding his holy word at a deeper level. That's what we're about. And so we try to, we try to encourage our students and their walk with the Lord as we uh, seek to equip them further and their ability to be able to uh, communicate his word effectively and understand it at a deep level. Yeah, so the students who come to the seminary, most of them, many of them come full-time, but many of them also come part-time. They work already, um, and there are many programs that STS runs uh, to, try to, to try to equip the local church at different levels. It's been a real encouragement. You know, they've been around for 30 years. They've learned some things, uh, and their heart is really um, to see people come to know Jesus and, and to love him more deeply. So this is actually a picture of me with one of the classes that I taught. Um, one of the programs that, that the seminary runs is this thing called a short-term mission program. So in Malaysia, in between high school and university, there's about six months while they're waiting for the um, exam results to come out. And they have a three-month program at the seminary where these teenagers, you know, 17 and 18-year-olds, can come along and they experience a taste of seminary classes. They do some, um, some ministry with local churches and they just kind of get their feet wet and they get a good grounding uh, spiritually before they go off to university. And I think many of you would know that's a very formative time of life. Uh, and I was privileged to be able to teach in Malay, to be able to teach Old and New Testament survey to these uh, to these uh, gap year students, I guess would be the, the local term for that. Um, and they, uh, you know, this was teaching in Malay, right? And we had just learned Indonesian, whatever, you know, kind of close to Malay. What it meant was that I spent hours writing out my notes on my PowerPoint slides Right? And especially when you're teaching the Bible. You're not talking about ordering eggs. You know, you're talking about <laughs> teaching God's word in a different language. So I write out my notes, and then I said to them, you know, I'm going to be reading off my notes, and I hope you understand what I'm saying. You know, and the thing about doing ministry, the thing about doing anything in a second language is you realize your limitations. You know, when you are operating, and I was a teacher before I married Aaron. You know, I taught middle school and high school. So teenagers, I was like, I've taught teenagers, but I taught them in English. <laughs> so here I am standing up in front of these teenagers, speaking a language, and I feel like I sound like a four-year-old, you know, when I speak in Malay. And I'm standing there going, God, is this, you know, please help this to be encouraging to them. Please help them to be able to understand what I'm saying. And you realize when you're operating in a foreign culture and in a different language, you realize what you should know all along, which is that we are always dependent on God. Mm -hmm. If not for the Spirit of God, nothing that we ever say or do brings change. If what we really want is people's hearts and minds to be changed, you, what I wanted for these students was for them to see God's Word and to understand God better through it and to love Him more. And I just thought, how can I do this in Malay? Well, I can never do it, even in English. <laughs> right? But God's spirit is at work. And so at the end of this course, I asked them to write me, you know, little feedback forms. I said, what did you learn? You know, what was encouraging to you? And many of these teenagers said things like, I had never read the Old Testament for myself because I just didn't get it. They said, I didn't see how it was relevant to my life. And I just didn't understand all those names and dates and what the point of it was. But now I'm excited to, to go home and read the Bible for myself. You know, and that is why we are in Malaysia. That is why we are in KK. That is why you guys are sending us, part of sending us to KK. Because our heart is to see locals equipped and encouraged to read the Bible for themselves, to live it out, uh, and, to, and to share it with others. You know, we see our ministry as very much support ministry. We're not on the front lines doing the ones, you know, we're not planting the churches. Um, 
we're equipping the people who plant the churches. And we love that. We love that we were invited to be there in partnership with locals. We love that we get to train and equip all kinds of students. You know, we've had some students from other parts of Southeast Asia. We've had some students who, you know, there's one of our students was a Korean lady who, you know, it's incredible. She, we, you wouldn't think that you'd go to Malaysia and teach someone who's Korean. She's actually, she was married, she's married to um, a Korean missionary and they, they translate scripture. And her kids grew up. And she, for, for the longest time, she just looked after the house. But because her kids have left, she's decided to become equipped so that she can help with the translation. And that's why she's coming to the seminary. And you know, you hear all these stories of people you didn't think you'd be teaching. And it's been really a, a real blessing for us. Yeah, one of the odd things about our story over these past few years since we last saw you is that uh, there's our family group. Uh, that's a weekly thing that they do on campus to be able to, to encourage mentor and discipleship relationships. A lot of learning comes from outside of the classroom. Uh, gives the student the opportunity to ask questions, especially in a context where the student maybe doesn't feel as comfortable asking questions in class. And, and so that's, that's a great thing that they have set up there. But one of the things that's funny about our story is uh, March 15th, 2020, this was our last picture. This was from then. If we had known it was our last picture, probably would have been a better one. Uh, <laughs> we left to go get our, our visas at the embassy, Malaysian embassy in Singapore. On March 16th, we flew out. March 17th, we picked up the visas. March 18th, Malaysia closed its borders because of this thing called COVID. This little bird flu thing that was yeah. going around that was going to just be a few weeks long, right? So they, they closed they their had, borders for two weeks. Yeah, and, and we had planned for a 10-day trip, right? We had packed for a 10-day trip. All our stuff was in our apartment. Uh, they still haven't opened their borders. They're supposed to open them next month. It's been two years. And so, thankfully, it's about a 12-hour time difference, depending on daylight savings time, either 12 or 13-hour time difference. So my morning classes became night classes, night classes became morning classes, everybody switched to Zoom, nobody knew what Zoom was, but now all of a sudden everybody does, right? But we've been able to teach online, and you know the school has adjusted too. We used to have these programs where lecturers went out to local churches, and, and people would drive in, and you'd have about 25 students in those classes. And that's I taught one of those classes in Malay, uh, Old Testament intro, introduction to the Old Testament. But you know uh, they have they've had to table that program because of the pandemic. But they've started an online certificate program and it's instead in its place. So where before they could only have 25 students in the classroom and the Malay track, they're having 300 to 500 students online. Because God is bringing redemption in, in the face of this pandemic. Our God is a God of redemption. This is not a surprise to him. He is furthering his kingdom. The kingdom of God is still growing. Do you know there are about more than 150,000 new believers every single day in the world? Every single day, one day, 150,000, one and a half times the size of the horseshoe, right? If you're watching the Buckeyes play football, think about that next time you see the Pack Stadium. One and a half times that every single day claim Jesus Christ as their Lord worldwide on average. God's kingdom is still on the move. God is still bringing redemption. And so we love the, the way that the school has stepped up and started this online certificate program, and they're expanding their footprint and their reach in Kadakina Balu, in, in Sabah, our state, in East Malaysia. But, and then also, uh, I was able to teach a, a student in Southeast Asia in a country where uh, I can't tell you much more about it than that <laughs> uh, uh, for security you issues. You can if you but, talk to him after the service. Well, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So if you're curious, come see me. Uh, but... But it's just amazing to see God is still on the move. God is still bringing his kingdom about, and he's bringing it through you and me. So what Val and I are doing there is an extension of Carl Road. But what God is doing through us is very similar to how he's moving through you. And so I encourage you to, to look 
to the Lord and seek him out so that you could live a life that praises him. If you're wondering how to pray for us or how to pray for the seminary, they've had really bad mudslides, so they have torrential rain. That's just part of living in the tropics. Parking but garage, But they've had very slide. bad mudslides uh, recently that have been, I mean, that's the parking garage and that's the mudslide. So they've had to build these retaining walls. They've begun the project already, but um, it's a huge project to build five retaining walls to try to, you know, not have the buildings fall down. Yeah, uh, the, you talk about the yeah sure. So thankfully, they've, they've uh, raised almost the entire need for the retaining walls. Now they've just got some other repairs that need to be done at the school. But just pray for the school, for the Lord to continue to stir hearts to partner uh, with, with the school and their needs so that they continue, can continue equipping uh, future pastors and lay leaders uh, for the local church. We ask you also to, to sign up on our email list outside. We've got it by uh, the, the trifold out there. Grab a new prayer card. If you've already got a prayer card, get one with a couple extra kids on it. Uh, if you don't have one, please grab one. Pray for us. Pray for the students. Uh, we're, we're really uh, blessed to be able to have Carl Road in partnership with us financially. Uh, but if the Lord stirs your heart to partner with us financially on a monthly basis, we'd love to talk with you about that too. We're at we're currently at we're actually 81%, thankfully, not 79 anymore. Uh, but we've got to we need to get back up at least to the 90s before we go. And I know you guys know all about that as the sending church for Kim and Emerson and Ivy. Um, and so you know how that works. But uh, we would love for your prayers for that as well. And prayers as we travel. Uh, we'll be, thankfully, we are not traveling as much as we did last year, but we're still on the road. We'll be in, in Kansas at the end of, of March and then New England and all over the place. So we'll be back in the van. And Val will still be in her second trimester going on her third. So <laughs> pray for her comfort as we travel uh, to see our partners and, and to encourage them with what the Lord is doing. Uh, let's Let's close in prayer together. Thank you guys for your attention. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you are, our, are a God of the whole earth, Lord, that you care about every single individual. That is your desire that none be lost, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to serve you. We thank you, Lord, for the value that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for who we are in you because of who you are and what you have done. We pray, Lord, that you would encourage us uh, and, and embolden us, Lord Jesus, to live lives that give glory to you and cause others to praise you. We love you and we worship you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Carl Road Baptist Church podcast. We hope you found something that can be applied to your life today and into the future. You can always watch our past services or see them live on YouTube, Facebook, and our website at www.carlroadbaptist.org. That's Carl with a K-A-R-L, roadbaptist.org. If you search YouTube or Facebook, look for Carl Road Baptist Church. And don't forget to subscribe or follow us if you are watching via a service that allows that so you can stay up to date and notified when another episode is ready for you to watch or listen to. Thanks again for sharing your time with us and putting in the effort to maintain your relationship with God. Have a fantastic week, and we look forward to growing alongside you in the future with the next episode of the KRBC Podcast.